This is Building Resilience Podcast, episode 139, Why We Cry. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech-language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Resilience Podcast. Happy to have you here. I have a question for you. Are you a crier? Because I am. I cry often. For many years, I spent many, many hours chauffeuring my kids around to their various activities, and they enjoyed being the car DJ. And they would often put on songs that would make me cry. And they were always watching to see if I would cry. They would look over at me during touching commercials or during any movies or shows that were sad. And sometimes they would see me do the big, big, ugly cry. But I never mind it because I am a crier. I actually love to cry. I love to sob while I'm reading a good book. I love to sob while I'm watching a good show. Grey's Anatomy has done it for me many, many times over the years. And then there was This Is Us, those last few shows. Wow. My recent big cries from scratch were Firefly Lane. Oh my gosh. Big cry fest for me. I've always found that crying has just helped me release my emotions. It felt like a good stress release and it felt like a way I could just be with my emotions and it felt, and it continues to feel very, very cathartic for me. So I will continue to be a crier. I decided because I'm such a crier and there's so many benefits to crying, it was time to do an episode on crying, but I'm not going to cry for you. Unless somebody sends me something really sad, then I'm sure I will cry, but we're going to do an episode today, Why We Cry. If it's good for us, if it's good for our nervous system, let's find out. And again, please feel free. Send me names of books and shows and movies that make you cry. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. First off, what is crying? So if we get technical, then crying serves multiple purposes. There are three distinct categories of tears. So there's the basal tears. These are regular continuous tears that you have in your eyes all the time. And they're there to lubricate and nourish and protect your eyes. They're what protects your eye from like the everyday stuff like dust. And they're released on going basins, tiny amounts, and they keep your eyes lubricated. Next kind of tears are reflex tears. And these are the tears that serve the function of protecting your eyes from more foreign things, like keeping them free from things like smoke or if something flies in your eye. So they get triggered when something is in your eye because they're trying to flush out any irritants from your eye. And they're mainly water, but they may have some antibodies or they do have some antibodies in that help prevent infection. And then lastly, Emotional tears. These are the ones that we're talking about here. These are the ones which offer a different kind of health benefit. They are said to flush stress hormones and other toxins out of our system. And you know, I'm going to love anything that's going to help us flush stress out of our system. So emotional tears are what can happen when you feel certain emotions. And then they can range from empathy, compassion, sadness, hurt, disappointment, frustration, anger, grief. 
but they can also be triggered by pain or discomfort. And we can also see tears with joy or love and passion. So there's many, many emotions. I heard the saying years ago that tears are fertilizer for the soul. And I love that. All these emotions nourish our soul. So tears can be part of the expression of our emotions. Now, for some people, tears come unconsciously. We don't know why we're crying or we're unsure of what the emotion is being evoked. But tears are a way to communicate with the body to the nervous system. And I want to talk about tears because so often people resist crying or they are ashamed of crying or we've been taught that crying is weak or socialized not to cry. But when we resist, avoid, suppress, or tense up even when we're crying, we are sending a message of danger to the nervous system. It's not okay. So if you've heard me talk about crying before, then you've probably heard me say, if you're crying or going to cry, just do it in a relaxed body. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to prevent the tears, resist them. Allow them the safety you need. Crying is trying to help regulate you. Tears are trying to help you regulate. So relax and cry, flop on the bed and cry. It's okay to cry. Okay, so that was a bit of a minor tangent getting into how to cry, but let's get back on track. While it is normal to cry and we all cry and crying can be healthy, there are some times when the tears can be a bit more of a warning sign that we want to pay attention to. If you find you are crying excessively, maybe even for no specific reason, maybe it's uncontrollable, maybe it interferes with your everyday life and you just can't function, then it could be a little bit more problematic. It could indicate that perhaps you're depressed. So you want to observe how low you feel on a day-to-day basis if you're crying all the time. Do you feel hopeless or helpless? Are you struggling with getting out of bed, but also struggling with sleep? If you're struggling with depression, then you may want to adjust that as well. So crying could be the light on the dashboard that is telling you that you need to take care of yourself. Now let's look at what some of the benefits are of crying. Firstly, for me, this is the biggest one. Crying helps me release stress. I feel better afterwards. And studies have shown that crying releases oxytocin and endorphins when we cry. And these are the feel-good chemicals. And crying can also help relieve stress because it decreases the levels of cortisol in the body. So we just feel better because the stress levels in our body are reduced. Now, secondly, the same release of those feel-better chemicals and cortisol is why crying can also help reduce pain. So crying can help with pain. It can be really soothing. Thirdly, crying for me, it helps me feel my emotions. And like I said earlier, one of the things I've tried to do over the years is really allow my tears. Try not to repress them or stifle them or be ashamed of them, but let them flow freely in a relaxed body. As I said, that sends a message to the nervous system that crying is safe, it's okay, And I can go through the process of labeling the emotion or describing the emotion and then just letting the tears flow. Now, sometimes I find I'm not even sure what the emotion is that I'm feeling, but crying can first help with that release of emotion in general. Research has shown that when we try to repress or suppress our tears, when we feel emotions and try to control ourselves from crying, that it can lead to some health challenges and they call it repressive coping. And it's been linked to reduced immune system, cardiovascular challenges, et cetera. 
One study quoted that the very fact that we cry suggests that we do need to cry. It does seem if one surrenders to it, usually at the end, there is a feeling that perhaps something necessary has happened. Now, fourth, an interesting behind-the-scenes benefit of crying is it can help us get back to rest and digest that parasympathetic nervous system, that home base, that zone of resilience. Tears can help our body self-regulate and help us get back to homeostasis. A study published in the journal called Emotions, and the study was called Using Crying to Cope, found that when participants were exposed to sad stimuli and asked to perform stressful tasks, criers actually breathed less rapidly and their heart rates returned to normal more quickly than non-criers. The lead researcher concluded that crying might be useful in calming your body during distress. So it can help soothe you, and this soothing can help bring you back to your zone of safety. So think of that breathing technique that I shared with you that has received a lot of attention recently, the physiological side. You can go back and listen to my episodes on breathing to learn more. But it's two quicker inhales followed by a longer exhale. Now, I want you to think of having a good cry or thinking of a child who has a good cry and is not afraid to let go. But you get the crying and then as the body is calming, it does the physiological sign naturally, the <laughs> getting back to home. It's a natural progression to cry and head into the physiological sign. Now, fifth, crying is also beneficial for relationships. It's a symbol of vulnerability. I'm crying with you and I'm being vulnerable with you because I feel safe with you. You are crying with me because you feel safe with me. There is support, acceptance, compassion. So you see how sometimes you can keep it all together and then you talk to someone you love and then all the tears are released. I think that often, often happens with our mothers. I know that happens with me. I've seen it with my own boys too. And so it's, and it's very representative of safety. You hold it all in. And then when you find somebody that you're safe with, all the tears come flooding out. Now, just because you don't cry around people that you love, please don't make that mean anything. We are all individuals. The last thing we want to do is shame people for crying or not crying. So crying can be bonding, but crying alone is also helpful. So just being aware of your emotions and allowing yourself just to feel. Next, crying is a bid for support from others. Now, I was hesitant in saying this one because I do think that sometimes crying can be used as a way to manipulate, to get out of trouble, a way to shirk accountability and responsibility. I think we've all seen people break down in tears and want to avoid the discussions or avoid the consequences. But I'm not going to talk much about that kind of crying, other than saying I think that if you're with someone who does that, it's a matter of you staying regulated and letting them know that they, of course, have the right to cry, feel whatever they're feeling, and you are willing to wait until they feel they can have the conversation or take responsibility when they're ready. So I don't think crying is ever an excuse. It definitely may be a nervous system reaction. That's not a deliberate manipulation, but a nervous system response But again, co-regulation is the best place to go. And that is what I mean by a bid for support. When someone cries, it's a way of letting others know they need support. And if we're regulated ourselves, then we're better able to provide that support. Tears naturally elicit compassion and empathy. And it's helpful if we're able to provide support. Tears can come when someone feels sad, rejected, overwhelmed, embarrassed. And this is a good opportunity for co-regulation. 
Now, the seventh way tears are beneficial is crying can help you with mood. And I've witnessed this one for myself. After a good cry, I feel better. Again, it's attributed to the release of those feel-good chemicals. To me, it feels like I can also allow some clarity to be able to see another perspective. I also find that depending on why I cry, it can help me access other feelings like peace or gratitude, even motivation if I've been able to see a new perspective. Now, eight is crying tears of joy. For me, crying can help me access joy, which sometimes is not an easy emotion to access all the time. But crying is not just for when we're sad, but it's also for when we're feeling a flow of joy and gratitude and excitement. Now, what about if you can't cry? Studies have shown that in general, women do cry more than men, but they're not sure why. It might have to do with testosterone levels. Maybe it has to do with how men are socialized. But there are many men and women who do have a hard time crying, and that is okay. As much as crying has benefits, we don't want to force people to cry. There are reasons, like outside of socialization and chemicals, why people don't cry. It could be as simple as their nervous system is just not ready to cry. They may use other outlets for emotional or stress release. That is why when we want to reset our stress cycle every day, there are many options, including crying. Movement, creative expression, journaling, sometimes not crying is a form of protection. It can be a shield. It can be a freeze response. It can be a numbing, a dissociation. And so we don't want to push our system because that could be re-traumatizing. So we don't want to be forcing crying. Now, if people want to cry, then it can be helpful to read sad things, watch sad movies, sad shows, but we don't want to pressure the system into crying. If the tears aren't coming, and just use self-compassion. It's okay. You'll find another way to release. Be open to how your system is responding. Sometimes you can explore a bit and why you think you can't cry. You can come at it from a cognitive perspective. What does crying mean to you? Is it a weakness? You can think back to maybe what you're taught about crying or maybe examples of caregivers or people who cried or did not cry. Maybe think back to the last time when you did cry. What surrounded that? Maybe imagine crying. What would it feel like? What comes up? Where in your body do you feel it? Are there certain thoughts or memories that come up with crying when you imagine crying? Overall, we want to be open to what our nervous system is doing. We want to allow and acknowledge and validate our nervous system to be where it is. We want to bring safety. We want to invite ourselves, give permission to ourselves to cry or not to cry. So there's no pressure. Yes, there are many benefits to crying. So if you're a crier, that's great. Take in the benefits. But if not a crier, then no pressure. You may want to explore it a little bit, but allow yourself to be where you are. Take your time, move slowly, make sure you're finding other ways to release your emotions, to reset your stress cycle. And if you want to have a good cry, then go ahead and have a good cry. That's what I have for you today. Hope it was helpful and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.